Drama on One. Sundays at 8 pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. This is RTE Radio 1. Drama on One is, of course, also a podcast and you can find it at rte.ie forward slash drama on one and here on RTE Radio 1 on Sunday nights. Shakespeare says that all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Jake's in As You Like It, outlines the parts men play as they cycle through the seven stages and ages in their lives. Infancy, the whining schoolboy, the lover, the soldier, the justice, the lean and slippered pantaloon and eventually into second childishness. Back in 2004, RTE Drama on One invited writers Maeve Binchy, Paula Meehan, Mannix Flynn, Patrick McCabe and John Banville to respond to the seven ages of man. Tonight, we're going to continue those reflections with Aidan Matthews' take on the whining schoolboy. In Cuban Cigars and the Missile Crisis, the author juxtaposes Khrushchev and Kennedy with cannibalism and communion. Starring Dara Kelly, Cuban Cigars and the Missile Crisis is introduced by Aidan Matthews. When I was invited to write a radio script about school days and later childhood, I thought immediately of the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Second Vatican Council. The two events occurred at the same time, in 1962, when I was six. In fact, there's a sense in which they occurred on the same day, because the council opened within hours of Kennedy's ultimatum to Khrushchev. At the time, the crisis over Cuba seemed serious, while the bishops in their bonnets appeared foolish. Now it's the other way round. But the child in my story isn't trying to express a sense of conflict and affliction in the public sphere of politics. It is instead the violence of the private realm, the violence in the ordinary world of family and friends, that fascinates him. Because the same power and prestige rivalry that bedevil the planet distort daily life too. This is what he understands. This is what he sees. There's a choice between cannibalism and communion, and that choice, made a thousand times each day, is a matter of life and death for each of us. It shall be the policy of this nation to regard any nuclear missile launched from Cuba against any nation in the Western Hemisphere as an attack by the Soviet Union on the United States, requiring a full retaliatory response upon the Soviet Union. When the Mass ended, the Holy Ghost from the Ukraine took off his chasuble at the altar, folded it over my arm without saying a word, and walked out of the sanctuary in his surplice up into the pulpit. Nobody in the church looked at him because Jesus was still inside them for 15 minutes more. I lay down again on the marble steps. Friends, he said. Some of you may have heard the President of the United States... Some of you may have heard the President of the United States on the radio last night. Some of you may have seen and heard him on BBC television even, because the wind came from the direction of England. Now I know nothing of the rights and wrongs of Cuba, but there is always the possibility of horror. In my own country, we lost half the male population in less than 20 years, 20 years ago. And Nikita Khrushchev, the General Secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, choreographed part of that atrocity. But there is always hope as well. John Fitzgerald Kennedy is an Irishman and a Roman Catholic, and his nationality and his religion are potent sources of moral authority. 
God is always looking for ten just men in Sodom to spare the city-state. Let us pray that he will find them in this year of our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen, I said. My body was a bit dazed from the fast from midnight. Its stomach lurched and hurt under the breastbone, and its left foot hummed with pins and needles inside the shoe leather. When I blew on the palm of my hand, my breath was bad too. Because of the imminent threat of thermonuclear because doom, of the imminent threat of thermonuclear doom, said the Holy Ghost from the Ukraine, there will be exposition of the Blessed Sacrament from three o'clock, continuing indefinitely, with confessions from five onwards. Rosters for the vigil are in the church porch. The parish old folks club will be touring Guinness's Brewery this day week, and the coaches will arrive in the schoolyard at a quarter to two exactly. Mind the stepwells, please. Mrs. Mrs. Henderson is still not over her fall. Amen. 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 Down in the posh transept where the doctor's wives met and the families of those who had voted for the treaty sat together, my mother wasn't kneeling, although she had gone to Holy Communion a minute before without even smiling back at me as she tucked the altar cloth into her camel-haired coat and stuck out her tongue over the pattern I was holding. She was mad, of course, that her Halloween party would be wrecked by the atomic bomb. But a Labrador dog came up through the golden gates of the rails around the chancel and lay beside me for a scratch. When he turned over, I could see his nipples, as hard as the beads in a rosary, all glittery with the slobber from a wet litter. I cycled home with Shylock. He was a Jew who read the National Geographic during religious knowledge class. Father Bruno would ask him about the Hebrew Bible, and Shylock would shrug and say, Do you mean the Old Testament, Father? And Father Bruno would say, There's nothing old about it, Yitzhak. And Shylock would say, Isaac is bad enough, Father. I prefer Shylock. And the whole class would chant the name, Shylock, Shylock, like in a rugby final when the prefects conducted the stands and Shylock would bow and blow kisses to us. Then Father Bruno would run his fingers through his loose grey hair and the chalk dust on his hands would colour his head yellow and pink. And the Holy Ghost from the Ukraine would storm in from the next class and roar at the peacock priest. What is the meaning of this? This class is in uproar. And the two of them would communicate through handwritten messages passed by pupils for the following week. We'll all be soot by Saturday, Matty, Shylock said when we reached my house. My body thudded because it was Shylock who had told me about Santa and the gas chambers. I got up on the granite gatepost of our house and twisted the sign for the Chester Beatty Library so that it faced the right way down the bald trees of the avenue. Corner boys from the hill were always turning it round towards our drive. Once, two Japanese men in transparent plastic raincoats knocked on our door when my blindfolded father was listening to his Reader's Digest collection of classics, and I wondered where they had buried their uniforms and their samurai swords on the day that Father Bruno survived the light at Hiroshima. He swung by his arms from the signpost. Then he dropped to the ground without making a fret with his feet. He was a born saboteur. Seriously, he said, if we're all going to go up and smoke like Granny and Grandad, I'll set the white mink free. Then I realised for the first time that Cuba must be very close to Ireland and not far away at all as I had thought. When I did my homework under the Anglepoise that evening, 
I did not write AMDG at the top of the page in my exercise copybooks. Instead, I wrote out the whole motto in ink that glinted for an instant before dwindling and drying. Ad maiorum Dei Gloriam, Tuesday, 23rd October, Anno Domini, 1962. You said that my position had changed, that today I was defensive because we didn't have the evidence to prove our assertions that your government had installed long-range missiles in Cuba. Kitty's in the kitchen, said my mother. Go and get some dinner. I can hear your gastric juices. She did not like it when I sat and studied her, but that was her fault. Other mothers blew cigarette smoke out of their mouths up towards the ceiling roses. My mother blew it out of her nose down towards the floating parquet floor as if she were a member of the resistance. My father, on the other hand, would swallow his smoke with a bitter and intellectual expression as though he had an ulcer in his esophagus. That's a tautology, he said to me. The kitchen is Kitty's domain. Kitty is the chatelaine of the kitchen. To say that Kitty is in the kitchen is therefore a tautology, I said, staring at the ghost in the television and dipping the rabbit ears like a water diviner to clarify the image. That was my job. Good man, said my dad. And to say that your mother is in the kitchen would be... A bit strange, I said. An oxymoron, he said. You know when people call you a moron? I know, I said. Think of moron with oxy in front of it, my father said. An oxymoron is a contradiction in terms. Think of food, said my mother. Think of kitty. Go eat. The Africans are coming. You make it sound like the whole continent is on the march, my father said. You have five Nigerian students. Incidentally, they have Commonwealth passports, which is more than you do. Niger is the Latin for black, I said. To denigrate is to blacken. He touched my cheek with his hand. It was ice cold from his gin and tonic. He had sent me to the shop for a lemon, and I had come home with a grapefruit. I'm not denigrating anyone, Harry, said my mother. But to be teaching half a dozen lads from Lagos, the Breher Sayre and the Mokin Nilok is a bit much. It isn't what Daddy had in mind when he cycled round the Midlands on his rucker, giving classes free gratis and for nothing. We colonials should stand together, my dad said. Is that Kennedy? No, I said, peering at the ghost in the television as it misted and melted. It's Khrushchev. So it is, he said. Middle stump, Matty. Khrushchev said my mother. We'll all look like that by the weekend. I'm prepared to wait for my answer until hell freezes over, if that's your decision. Kitty was cutting out Chinese lanterns for the Halloween party. She'd been sewing cinctures and shrouds at the charity orphanage since she was five. Her handiwork was only beautiful, she said it herself. Whatever happens tonight or tomorrow, Whatever happens tonight or tomorrow she said, there'll be a flash bar in your lunchbox, same as always. She opened a tin of fruit cocktail and poured in a glass of cooking sherry. The automatic timer was ringing the Angelus in the belfry up the road, but Kitty could not be bothered. If there was no bell ringer, there was no bell rung. Eat that up, pet. Eat that up, pet, she said. I can hear your chest again. Your mother cares more about her smoke than your wheeze. Kitty, I said, 
Will everybody die? Only if they're alive, she said. Haven't I an awful Egypt to have saved up all that money for my funeral? I've been saving sixpence a week from the time I came here, and that was a month before my 17th birthday. How many weeks is eight years? Loads, I said. Enough for a military escort, maybe. I should have gone to the Isle of Man with the girls. I should have gone to the Isle of Man with the girls, she said, or flown off in a Viscount to Lourdes. If we die, I said, you'll see your mother and father. You won't be alone anymore. The peaches and pears burned my throat like the altar wine I had shared with Shylock. I'm not alone, she said, and she kissed me between my eyebrows. I have you. I have you. Through the dumb waiter, I could hear the black Africans practising their Irish for the bar library entrance exam under the drifting jellyfish of the dining room chandelier. Father Bruno stood in his vestments in the sacristy and smoked another sweet afton. His cigarette finger was all orange. I would have loved to suck it. My parents said the rosary last night, I told him. They said a sorrowful mystery after opportunity knocks. Prayer is a complete waste of time. Prayer is a complete waste of time, said Father Bruno. That's what makes it so interesting. He handed me a fistful of communion wafers and I filled my pockets with them. I don't want you fainting, he said. The thing is ridiculous. Jesus didn't starve people. He fed them. Could Jesus get us out of this, I said. Out of Cuba, I mean. Jesus wasn't a helicopter. Jesus wasn't a helicopter, Father Bruno said. He was a man. He was a man who reached down so far into his own humanity that he discovered it was grounded in God. I was munching softly on the hosts to overhear anyone coming. He gave me a mouthful of wine to help them go down, but I wasn't sure if it came from the plyboard press or from the chalice that his mother's wedding ring had been melted into during the Battle of Britain. When the bomb exploded in Hiroshima... When the bomb exploded in Hiroshima, Father Bruno said, I didn't know if I was alive or dead, and I still don't. Perhaps I've been cremated since that moment, and perhaps not. At times I have a feeling that I roamed for hours among the carbon forms that moaned and moved. It was Ash Wednesday in the world. Then I became tired and thirsty and hungry. Actually, I became peckish. Selfishness of that order is a Selfishness sign of life. Selfishness of that order is a sign of life. Or is it? Or is it? He handed me the butt of his fag to dampen under a thread of tap water. Can we put Shylock's name on the altar list of the dead for all souls? I said, along with Kitty's ancestors. He wrote it down beneath my great-grandparents' patronymics and their 16 stillbirths out of 21 pregnancies, with only the first four stillbirths given a name by my great-granny Agnes or Mary Agnes or Mary something. Perhaps we'll put the telephone directory on the altar. Perhaps we'll put the telephone directory on the altar beside the altar list of the dead on the Feast of All Souls. If there is an altar, and if there is a feast, and if there is a soul, he said. When the old lady rang the hall door, I thought that she imagined she was at the Chester Beatty Library, but she was a former domestic who had been in service with a family all her life and had no home to go to. So I walked with her around the side of the house to the kitchen hatch where the messenger boys would open the tin foil caps on the milk bottles for the birds. Come in, ma'am. Come in, ma'am, Kitty said, and she went out through the back to bring her in. She took the old lady's shoes and put them on the hot pipe in the pantry. Then she set up the card table, where my mother kept her pills, and dressed it with a white tablecloth that was twice too large. Isn't it terrible about Cuba? 
I said to the old lady. She smiled like a bus, a sad smile, but a nice one. It is, she said. God help you. Kitty brought in soup and homemade brown bread. Her eyes had filled up, and she kept her head straight and a bit back to stop them dribbling. I could hear the Africans at it in the dining room, murmuring, memorising, mesmerising, as if the Pentagon and the Politburo would postpone apocalypse for the Termid Liha. The old lady looked at her upside-down face in the soup spoon. She had gone through the brown bread like a tomboy. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostri, she said. Amen, I said. Kitty poured my father's oloroso sherry silently from the ship's decanter down the scintillating tilt of a crystal glass into its cut and concave facets. Milk, ma'am? Milk, ma'am, she said. Shylock, Shylock! The chant became a commotion and the Holy Ghost from the Ukraine threw the door open and walked in. Father Bruno and he began to wrestle each other at the teacher's podium, but it was almost as if they were embracing, like a man and a woman should. The classroom was so quiet you could hear the nail heads on their boots grate on the dry floorboards as they twisted and their brief, baffled breathing. From the hole for the inkwell on the sloping lid of Shylock's school desk, the albino snout of the mink thrust through, twitching. Get out of my class, you, said Father Bruno to the other Holy Ghost. I tell you, get out! You're mad, the Holy Ghost said as he left. A madman! What you need is electricity! When the bell rang and the class ended and the classroom emptied, Shylock put on his wicked keeper's gloves and carried the lean vanilla animal across to the window. We looked down three floors to the gravel shortcut to the bomb shelter where they kept the cricket nets. Forty weeks in the womb, forty years in the desert, Shylock said. That's my father's religion. My dad says it began with the hydrogen atom and it ends with the hydrogen bomb, I told him. My mum says it was somebody else who said it, but my dad says it was him. He said it first. Shylock dropped the mink at arm's length and we watched it fall as soft as a stole to the gravel path. For a while it lay there like a streak of whitewash from the boundary marker. Then it stretched and sidled off, but slowly, as if its spine had been wrenched or its little fetal paw. It had to be handicapped, Sherlock said. Same as a horse. A mink could kill a fox. It goes for the jugular. The creature went north. He or she reached the pond, where Father Bruno stored the goldfish he had saved from certain death along the College Avenue when they were thrown from car windows after the garden fates paused and passed on. Actually, he was veering in the direction of the mink factory. On Saturday, at the party, the house was full of elderly females with blonde hair. My mother could only desire the people who resented her. Men and women who had voted against the treaty entrenched themselves in the drawing room. Those who had voted for it mobilised in the study. Those in the middle who had fought in the Royal Air Force during the Second World War occupied the dining room and the veranda. The Africans stood in the hall talking to the Holy Ghost from the Ukraine. Everybody was miserable. 
No one danced to the new Cliff Richard album. Kitty, however, was radiant. I knew it'd be a washout. I knew it'd be a washout, she said. I would have said it if anyone asked me. We should all be in the church praying. A middle-aged woman wandered into the kitchen. She walked over to Kitty and kissed her on both cheeks. That was the mulled wine I had been stirring and serving with a stone ladle. Kitty. Kitty, she said. I'm sorry to be asking you this so late in the day, so late in the doomsday. How are you? I'm well, Mrs. Montague, Kitty said. You're in an orphanage, Kitty, the woman said. Was it awful? It was grand, said Kitty, thank God. Have you siblings, said the woman. I mean, have you brothers and sisters? She has me, I said. Ah, the woman said looking at me through her eyelashes. Can a man serve two mistresses? Can a man serve two mistresses? When she had gone, Kitty turned the wireless up again. One man was saying missile and another was saying missile. My father's name was Morgan, she said to me. He was a Methodist. Pleurisy was what he had, not tuberculosis. My mother adored him. She kept his gloves until she died. Now you know, Pat. Now you know, Pat. in every lifetime comes a love like this oh i need you you need me the floating parquet floor was being mutilated by the guests stilettos my father trotted two fingers down my mother's buttoned back as she stooped to study the cuts don't do that harry she said one of these marks is a cigarette burn who would stub a cigarette on a parquet floor? Well, I wouldn't want to denigrate anyone, my father said, and he handed me his cigar by the sodden end. That's the best Cuban kind, Matty. It's my shot at gallantry. Take a puff or two. It's a nice vice. That's an oxymoron, I said. I did not want to taste my father's saliva, but I loved the glasshouse heat in my mouth when I sucked. Actually... He said, smiling at me the way he did sometimes. I think it's more of a tautology. The Holy Ghost from the Ukraine was standing at the television, watching the bishops in the bonnets of the priests of Jupiter being blown into St. Peter's by a gale force wind. The Second Vatican Council, he said. The first one is only over. Too little, too late, said a fighter pilot's wife. In fact, he had flown hurricanes and not spitfires. Well, said my mother, I can truly say that for the first time in my life, I am grateful to have only one child. Men in bow ties and women in gowns were sitting on the stairs halfway up the house. I made my way among them, stepping over drinks and dinner plates and spying at the freckled shoulders and the old throats of the girls as they munched with their mouths open. They had been born so long ago, they did not even have vaccination scars. Boy coming, boy coming, one of them shouted, but I passed on. When I reached my own room, the door was ajar. The angle poise had been placed on the carpet, its hood flush with the floor, so that the low light was horizontal. And a woman of an age somewhere between Kitty and my actual mother was sitting on my bed, reading a book from my bookshelf. I hope you don't mind, she said. You've so many books. It's like the Chester Beatty Library in here. You're welcome, I said. 
There was a whiff of something in the room, not a spray or a slipstream, but a slight scent, a sour, saline, shoreline odour. I have a little boy who loves Moonfleet too, she said, and all the books by Roger Lancelin Green. He's in boarding school. I wish he weren't. I wish he were here now. I know, I said. She ran the tips of her fingers over her brown bouffant to stabilise it, a bit like Father Bruno. Beautiful black hair glittered in her armpits. I couldn't stay downstairs, she said. The conversation was neither from the heart nor from the head. All the predators are pretending to be prey. I know, I said. Would you like to rest here for a while? Yes, please, she said. Thank you. I closed the door as quietly as the lid of my music box. You could not hear the tongue ease into the groove. The breeze carried Glen Miller dance music far to the east towards the west country. At the bottom of the garden, among old broken beehives and the wall-fallen sandpit, there was only the grating of the trowel. I dug quickly and quietly. The light was still on in my bedroom. The bitch Labrador would be sleeping in a scullery, the stencil of the harness still on her fur, with her whining litter rifled. And the paralysed mink might have stripped a chicken in the run at Milltown. I would not lead a black Chevrolet cortege for Kitty to the cemetery gates at the close of the 20th century. I would not wake the dead, nor would I waken them. Yet it was better this way for Shylock who would otherwise be bowing and blowing kisses all his life to those who united against him. And better as well for Father Bruno, who was as radioactive as any meteorite. And better even for the sacked old lady urinating in her underpants in a confession box when the churches closed at night. I settled the music box into the hole I had made. I put my birth certificate and my last school report, along with a photograph of Kitty and myself at the snake house in the zoo on my first Holy Communion day, with a heavy, hot constrictor looping its tires around my neck. Then I added three Victorian pennies, each with a different image of the Queen, as maidenly and middle-aged and matronly. I had got them all in change from the same chewing gum dispenser. How strange that the names of the two presidents both began with the letter K. It was like Achilles and Agamemnon. It was like Romulus and Remus. Now there was only my grandfather's speech against the treaty, in illegible longhand, and four surviving wafers from the last light collation with Father Bruno. I bedded them in the foolscap sheets. The archaeologists would not be able to tell if they were consecrated. That would be their mystery in the museum. Kennedy and Khrushchev. Khrushchev and Kennedy. The names belonged together, as if each needed the other in order to be fully itself. I reached down so far into my sadness that I discovered it was grounded in joy. I was an adult, because an adult is a child without parents. I looked back at my home for the last time. The Africans were singing a cappella. Shadows smoked at the windows. Ad maiorum Dei Gloriam, I said.
That was Cuban Cigars and The Missile Crisis by Aidan Matthews. It was performed by Dara Kelly. Sound supervision was by Philip Cook and Cuban Cigars and the Missile Crisis by Aidan Matthews was produced by Catherine Brennan.